Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of It's Personal. Uh, the last book I wrote was heavy. All right. Hey, Gary. This is Evie. Uh, my name is Randy Rebine. Uh, but my name is Jared Krizoska. I don't think I'm a person that curses a lot. Heart just goes out to everybody. I'm excited. Awesome. Hi. <laughs> All right. Uh, welcome back, everyone, to another episode of It's Personal. I'm super excited for our guest today. Um, can you introduce yourself? Hello, everyone. My name is Christina Hammonds-Reed, and I am the author of the YA book, The Black Kids. Awesome. I'm so excited to talk to you today. Finally, good to talk to I, you today. I know. We made it happen. <laughs> we did. Eventually. We did. I think, Christina, I want to just start by saying thank you for spending time with me today. Um, and a little bit of your story of like just family and background. Can you share a little bit of that with us? Sure. So I was raised um, in Los Angeles, essentially. I was raised kind of in the suburbs of Los Angeles, for those of you who, who are somewhat familiar with it. And I just sort of grew up in a two-parent household. Both my parents were professionals. Um, they did a lot for us, a lot in terms of we went to private schools, we went to Girl Scout camp, I did horseback riding, we did ice skating, and, and it's something I kind of touched on a little bit in the book, just um, having a slightly more privileged upbringing than I think a lot of people associate with um, Black childhood. So mm -hmm. that's, that's kind of where I, I, I came from this whole thing with. Um, I currently still live in Los Angeles, although closer to the beach now. <laughs> um, in, it's, it, it's home for sure, but in the book I really wanted to kind of explore my home in, in one of these like really fraught moments that we have mm -hmm. locally. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think it's so interesting, like I think for me on the outside, like I would have never guessed and it's based on so many different reasons that you would have gone to a private school right and i think for lack of just i don't know i think i think about that for a lot of people and i think part of that is just the ideas that we have in our minds about our upbringing um and especially people that look like us because like yeah. you said like we don't automatically connect private school with our childhood our background um which i think we should nowadays. I think we should want our like I don't not necessarily want our kids to go there, but yeah, if, if that's an opportunity that comes around um, and it's the right fit, I think yeah, why not have our kids have those experiences because we deserve it just as much as as everybody else. Um, I'm I'm wondering what was that experience like for you in private school. So it, it depended on the school. I actually went to several different ones. Um, and I would say that when I was younger, I, it was a little harder um, in, in elementary school just because I was this like tiny, nerdy little kid who <laughs> maybe didn't have the most social graces. <laughs> and I'd also skipped a grade, so I was younger than everybody in my mm. class. Um, mm. and, and I was one of just a handful of black kids. So mm -hmm. I, it was harder then, but then one of my favorite private school experiences was this all-girl Catholic school I went to. And uh, there I just found this like really nurturing um, community. And I think that had a lot to do with like the single gender education in mm -hmm. 
eighth grade and how that mm-hmm. kind of creates a space for girls to blossom without some of the outside forces at play. Um, of course. But yeah, it, it was it was hard at times. Um, and then I also went to public school for high school is a funny thing. So I went to, for high school, I went to a public magnet school that had an international baccalaureate program. Mm-hmm. And that was probably, what's the word I'm looking for? That one was the hardest, I would say, but not so much because of the lack of diversity, although slightly. Um, it was diverse in different ways. It just weren't that many black people. Um, but I think the weight of expectation was what made that hard just because it was a school that was very much focused on you will do A, B, and C, and you will get into these schools, and you will do all these extracurriculars, and the kids were just super hard on themselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think my next question from that is, and I often wonder about uh, creators, um, writers, um, did you have, like, where did your influence for writing come from? Was it something within the family? Was it something um, within a teacher, someone in the school? How did you, how did you find the inspiration to write? Yeah. So I think it's all of those things. Like I was very fortunate to have parents who were very proactive about my education. And my mom's actually an educator. So I think that helped a lot. So oh. she would make sure that we had books by people who looked like us and that they were like constantly, um, I guess sort of, reaffirming our identity through mm-hmm. literature and through the shows that we watched as much as possible. Um, and, and so I think that's part of where it came from, just having parents who, if I begged for a book, they were like, mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> it was one of the things where they, they did not deny me books. And, and, and I'd be like, drop me off at the library for hours. And they'd be like, okay. And I'd come home with 10 books. And I love it. So I, so I think they like really encouraged um, learning and that love of reading. And and then I think I had certain teachers who did the same thing. Um, I think they just saw that like I was this little kid who loved books and, mm-hmm. and certain teachers um, in, encouraged that and, and just sort of allowed me to be me in that way. Um, mm-hmm. I love I, that college I did creative writing and I had just like a really incredible professor and Amy Bender who's a writer and Mm -hmm. she was very nurturing and very kind and I think that's what I needed because I was so unsure of myself at that age Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. as lots of us are at 20, 21. Of course you're trying to figure (laughs) yourself out right? Right exactly so yeah I think I just was very fortunate to have enough people along the way who um, just saw whatever it was and nurtured it. And there was also this camp that my parents took me to called the Cal State Long Beach Young Writers Camp. And mm-hmm. it's funny because another writer, Elise Bryant, whose book just came out uh, two weeks ago, also went uh, there. Yeah, no way. We, were, I... we were apparently there at the same time, but we didn't know each other. Um, so it was just like this space that was for kids and you would write a story and they'd like, publish it you can't see my air quotes (laughs) but they would publish it in like this little bound book at the end and so it was so exciting to see like your words that you'd worked on for like several weeks of your summer in this Mm -hmm. little booklet so I I think like those experiences are things that stand out as as really special ones and things that I'm grateful to my parents for providing Mm -hmm. I love that 
And I love hearing that teacher, that a teacher has influenced you some or had some sort of influence on you. Um, and I, I, I talked to, I think it was, uh, I can't remember who it was most recently, but the story was that there was a teacher that basically, a substitute teacher, which is even crazier to me, uh-huh. that had came in for another teacher that influenced this author to, um, to write, which is, I think, just so cool when you have someone that you, that you see so much out of your day influencing you to write. Because as you know, I think writing is still um, for kids that look like us, I think, specifically. I don't know if they know for sure if it's like an option for them um, yeah. in regards to livelihood, in regards to just like enjoying life as a writer. Um, so I think, yeah, I I think that's amazing that you have that teachers that are influencing that have influenced you to, to write. I think that's really cool. Yeah. And I think also for kids who look like us, so often parents have this weight of expectation of, well, we've, we've struggled so hard to get here. So we want you to be a doctor or a lawyer or an engineer Mm -hmm. or something Mm -hmm. practical, Mm -hmm. um, that we know will lead to security for you. So I think it's really so important when you have somebody who recognizes that this is something that you need to foster in this kid and, and also to just sort of not, um, to see little black children and to see their potential and to see the talent in there that I think sometimes like as a kid, you you can feel like the teachers who see that in you and the teachers who sort of dismiss you, right? hundred percent. 100%. 100%. Yeah. And that's scary because again, you, teachers, you see teachers, kids see teachers sometimes longer than they do see their parents, which is right. scary, right? Yeah. So you want to make sure, well, do whatever you can to make sure that the kid is having an experience where they are um, being not necessarily influenced, but someone's encouraging them to do what they want to do in regards to happiness, in regards to exploring different options, in regards to exploring different books, et cetera, et cetera. And sometimes they don't get that. So yeah. Yeah. When we we find when the kids who need it the most who don't get it. Like the kids who really, uh-huh. really need it who don't get it, which is just Agreed. super unfortunate. Agreed. Agreed. Christina, what do you like to do for fun? Tell me something <laughs> that tell me something people probably don't know about you. That's a really good question. And I feel like the funny thing is so much of my fun is wrapped up in like my career. And so I'm like, I really like reading. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I I love reading. I am a beach bum. So I love being in the water. I love swimming. Um, Mm. I think that that always finds its way into my work, which is kind of um, funny because I, I, I grew up doing competitive swimming when I was really young. And um, I think that some part of me is like a mermaid or something, because that's just still where I'm happiest. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. in the water is where I'm most at peace. So, although I don't know if that's surprising if you read the book, like it kind of comes (laughs) through. Um, But yeah, I love that. I used to love drawing and painting. And I feel like as adults, we kind of lose our hobbies sometimes. So I want to get back into it. Yeah. That's so true. 
But readings, read, I think reading is a, a valid answer. And I think we'll go back to reading for a second. Like what are some of, what were some of your favorite books growing up? And maybe what are some of your favorite books now? So it's funny, My, growing up, I think that as much as I was fortunate to have parents who try to do their best, there just weren't that many books by black authors for young people. Mm -hmm. um, so like I grew up really loving Little Women and who would have thought that like this book that takes place in the 1800s by a white lady would have resonated with me so much, but it, it just, for whatever reason it didn't, I think it's just because of the fact that the girls were allowed to be multifaceted and strong and that Joe wanted to be a writer. And so I, I definitely latched on to that. Um, mm although I was really annoyed when she had to get married at the end. <laughs> um, but I read that that was something that the publishers made uh, Louise May Alcott do, so that kind of makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, I, I loved that. I loved Matilda. Matilda was one of my favorites. Um, I think I really gravitated towards books with strong female leads, complicated mm -hmm. female leads. Roll of Thunder, Hear My Cry, I really loved. That was one of the few, um, like, Black, I guess, middle grade, books that that we had available to us that I just really enjoyed uh what else there are a whole bunch of them I was I, mm, I, I would go to the library and just get stacks but those are the ones that always stick out in my head as sort of mm. having a lot of influence on me and speaking of teachers and Matilda Miss Honey is like the most nurturing for Matilda so I think it all comes back to that right it's agreed I agree uh, and agreed. now I just love I think we're kind of in the middle of this like really wonderful time for black writers. Like it, there are so many stories being told by people mm -hmm. all around the diaspora and in, in different genres. So it's still not where it needs to be, but I love that now I can walk into a bookstore and like see an entire pile of books by people who look like me. And there's everything from luster to like, Dear Justice to I, like a Juno Diaz book. Like there's all these books that are um, about different aspects of the black experience and exploring yeah. our humanity. And that just like delights me to no end after years and years of reading about middle-class white dude angst. <laughs> so true, it's so true. Cause I think that's one like my struggle. I didn't, it was weird. I, I never enjoyed reading for pleasure for the longest time. Um, and I didn't even know that the types of books that I read now even existed. So I was missing out on a whole new world simply because I wasn't interested in those books that you just mentioned. Um, uh, and then I finally, I think my wife gave me a book. Uh, she gave me The Kite Runner, actually. And I, for whatever reason, like, I gravitate towards it because she was like, oh, it's such an amazing story. She was like, it's, it'll make you feel so many different things. And I was like, I don't want to read it. Like, <laughs> something I'm interested in. And I was traveling during this time. So I, I think something happened where we were on the beach and I was like, I'll just open it up and try to read it. Mm -hmm. And I've always been like a biography person. Like I would read about people that look like me all the time. Mm -hmm. So as I'm reading, I was like, wow, this is like really interesting. And I just like flew through the book. And then she was like, now you should read this book. And she gave me a, a Jason Reynolds book. And I was like, 
oh, he's like, he looks like pretty cool. Like he <laughs> looks like me a little bit. And yeah. from there, like, you know how it goes. Like it was just such a amazing world that opened up to me. And that was like, Christina, honestly, that was like, I don't know, six or seven years ago, maybe, where I was like really, like after college, like even not even in college, I was playing sports and reading about everything else other than like my own background and culture. And I didn't even know that it was a thing to really yeah. seek out or look for people that look like me because in Canada, it for me, my experience, it was, it was not, not good <laughs> at yeah. all. Well, I think it's also so often like when we, when we were growing up, we were given these books. I mean, I don't know so much in Canada, but like here, it was like, here's Hemingway, here's F. Scott Fitzgerald, here's a Bronte mm -hmm. sister. And so as even as somebody who enjoyed reading, it, it just feels very disconnected from our own experience of the world, right? Yes, and it feels it like, does. if I think there's something I say in, in my book where I'm like, if, if we're not the heroes of our stories, I can't, I'm not even quoting my own book, right? But <laughs> basically, if we don't see ourselves represented, what does that make us? Like it, it contributes okay. to this feeling of invisibility. It contributes to not being invested in the written word as much. So I think that that's kind of the failure of high school and, and junior high curriculum back in the day. It's a lot better now. I think teachers are kind of waking up to that now. But mm -hmm. if you don't instill that love in kids then and you don't know that like you don't teach them that the, there are these other voices, it's so detrimental. It is. It really is. Christina, what do uh, what does your family think about your writing? Um, that's a really good question. <laughs> I, I think they're proud now, but I think for the longest time they were concerned. <laughs> they were like, um, is this a, a way to actually support yourself? Um, and I think also they, they, they worried as parents do about like just my future because writing, as you know, is not a guarantee and you can write your heart and, and, and it either doesn't sell or it doesn't, even if it sells, like it doesn't, um, it doesn't sort of strike that chord with the public. So mm -hmm. they, I think were very concerned for the longest time that maybe I should be doing something practical instead, but I, I think they've come around to it and, and now they're very excited. And my mom sent me photos of my book in Costco. Oh. Um, so they're happy now, but it, it took a while because I think they were like, uh, maybe you should go to grad school for something else. <laughs> Which, yeah. Again, like you said at the beginning, it's hard for, um, I, I'd say it's harder for people uh, of color because we, when we get to college, the expectation is that you are finding a job that is specifically going to give you income yes um, right away uh, right so writing again is something that takes effort <laughs> um drawing being creative like those things take uh, about the, sorry years. i'm not saying the other ones don't take effort but i'm saying it takes years yeah before you yeah. really find your way in those types of professions so i i just i just think that's interesting because i do the more i hear from authors like you um yeah the family is nervous because it goes back to not 
seeing or hearing about other people doing it or being successful yeah. in it, right? So um, I'm, I'm happy that, that they see it as like an option now and hopefully yeah. there's more writers <laughs> within your family as, as, as you continue your career in writing, which... Yeah, and it's yeah. funny that you you mentioned Jason earlier because I told Jason the story where my mom saw him on one of our late night shows here in the U.S. and she's like, mm -hmm. "Look, he wrote." <laughs> she's like, "Look, you should do what he's doing." And I'm like, "Okay." <laughs> and this was before my book was even like a real thing. Like, I don't even know if I had like the outline of my book yet, um, or I just maybe started writing. And she's like, "You should do that." So it was either do something practical or be Jason Reynolds. <laughs> yeah, that's what we all should do, right? Right, easy peasy. <laughs> be a doctor or be Jason. So. Gosh, Christina, I want to thank you so much for hanging out with me. Um, how can people find you? So I'm on Instagram, um, at Christina Hammonds Reed, and I am actually quite receptive to, to DMs because I just love chatting with people, and it's been sort of one of the pleasures of having the book out into the world just connecting with people from all over so mm -hmm. if you dm me i will likely actually respond to you <laughs> you will you will and that's what again going back to what i mentioned in the beginning like i really just do appreciate you saying yes um to this stranger just like messaging <laughs> you and asking you to chat so um your time is uh definitely appreciated and I feel, again, blessed to just have the opportunity to chat with you. Oh, thank you so much, Carrie. This has been so much fun. I could keep going. <laughs> no, no.